Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Miracles in Recovery. My name is Ray and I have Ellen in the studio with me. Hi, Ellen. Hi. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing this week? Fabulous, fabulous in sunny South Florida. Find a house yet? Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Still looking. Getting depressed about it, but we won't talk about that tonight. (laughs) If you have a house to sell in sunny South Florida, Ellen's looking. Okay, we have this week Dr. Nancy Irwin, addiction specialist and primary therapist at Seasons Recovery Center in California. I want to read real quick uh, her bio, and then we will welcome her in. Dr. Nancy Irwin is a highly sought-after addiction therapist who specializes in hypnotherapy, as well as other holistic approaches for treating addictive behaviors, sexual abuse recovery, and other traumas. Dr. Irwin is also the author of U-Turn, Changing Direction in Midlife, a collection of over 40 stories of people over 40, that's a tongue twister, who made amazing transitions in midlife and has been a feature in a wide variety of media outlets, including CNN, CNBC, Fox, MSNBC, and now Miracles in Recovery. Welcome, Dr. Erwin. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Ray and Ellen. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being a, a guest. So I was reading here, and let's let's talk real quick just first about uh, U-turn, uh, your changing directions in midlife. You, you did that book in 2008, correct? Yes, I did. It was after I made a U-turn in life. And just so listeners know, this book, the title is a visual. It's spelled Y-O-U dash turn because you make the change, the turnaround in your life. And it's a collection. I became a therapist in my 40s. I went back to school and reinvented. I had a completely different beginning of my career. I was a professional stand-up comic. And when you're a comic, you'll Wow, that is a turnaround. A little bit. Well, I always say the road from comedy to mental health is very short indeed. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, when you're a comic, you only work about 30 minutes a day. So I was bored. I had a lot of time on my hands. So I started volunteering for a shelter for sexually abused teenagers. I absolutely fell in love with it. That waked up the healer in me, and I decided to go back to school and become a trauma specialist, and that led to the addiction field where like 90% of the people are trauma-based. So the way we look at it is we, we treat the trauma that usually drives the addiction, and when you do that, it's much easier to stay in recovery. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and that the name of that facility was Children of the Night. That was the uh, the center for sexually abused, sexually trafficked now, is kids. Is that still huh? is that still um, an active facility? Oh, absolutely. She it started is. in nineteen seventy nine. Now my math sucks, so that's almost what thirty something years ago. Yeah, thirty seven. Yeah, I mean, I close think. enough. Close enough for my oh, vocational uh, exactly. estimation. Oh, no, it's very active. She's taken over ten thousand kids out of child prostitution and pornography. Wow! Wow! 
know. Wow, that's amazing. that's that's probably a, that's probably a show in itself, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, no, that must that must have been a an eye opening experience from going from comedy, being on a stage and presenting yourself, like you said, for a half hour an evening, and getting right down into the you know nitty gritty and and dirtiness of of the streets of uh, you know L.A. or even anywhere United States, the world actually. Absolutely, because that was the deal. When you're a comic, you're your own product. It's all about you mm-hmm. and uh, the natural narcissism that comes with that. And I was just whipped up into a world of, oh, how's my hair? Who's out there in the audience to give me a TV pilot? And it's right. all about me, 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 me. And when working with these kids, it was so illuminating. It was like, oh, my God, there's a whole world of real issues out there. People are impregnated by their pimps. They're suicidal. They're strung out. And just horrible relationships with their families. And I was like, there's something more for me to do in the world besides just tell jokes and, you know, mm-hmm. get a TV job. And uh, I went back to school and voila, couldn't be more. Yeah, I guess, I, guess that is, I guess that is kind of an eye-opener, you know. Um, but hey, gratefully, you know, something that steered you in a direction where you can be, I don't want to say you weren't of use as a comic, but you can be more used to, to more people. And um, like you said, comedy is is a short road. There's a short road between comedy and uh, uh, <laughs> mental, mental illness. I, I I live that on a daily basis. I look at myself and I laugh in the mirror. So I mean, that's the very short road. But um, yeah. you know, I'm grateful that there's people like you out there that had the willingness to ultimately, like you said, U-turn. Why oh U-turn? You turned your life or changed direction in your 40s. You said and started doing something that is more meaningful to the masses versus the one. Exactly. I just got to a place where I really wanted to be of service and make a difference in the world. And again, I just fell in love with watching people heal and grow and attain their goals. And I was just extraordinarily fulfilling. I think it's interesting because, you know, you hear a lot of stories about the trauma that, you know, particularly sexually abused people go through and, and, a lot of literature makes it sound like it's something that can't be overcome. Mm. Well, I completely unequivocally disagree with that. It may always be a source of pain, but it does not have to dictate your psyche for the rest of your life. You know, um, just just as a just is best. Yeah, just as a question though, how do you how do you share that? How do you get that message across to somebody who is still sick and suffering um and can't see their way past the damage that they have done? Uh, are you talking about the abuser or the victim? Yes. Yeah, victim. well, either or, either or both actually, I guess, because you're 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 available to both, correct? Right, and many times the abusers were abused themselves, and I'm not excusing mm-hmm. their behavior by any means. I'm a survivor of sexual abuse myself, so I'm completely um, compassionate and always wanting to, to deal with the victims, but I also know that the best way to help the victims is to help the perpetrators. That way, I mean, just do the math. You go straight to the source, you cut that off and heal mm-hmm. that. They're that's less true. victims. So that's what right. struck me from the very beginning. So then most of them aren't wanting this behavior. Believe me, that's a whole different form of addiction, if you will. They're wired that way. And uh, it certainly can be controlled, just like alcoholism. 
Many people have the biological predisposition to be alcoholic or addicted to some other substance. It doesn't mean they have to continue that. They can turn that genetic switch off, if you will. Right. No, that's true. I'm I'm living proof that once an addict, always an addict. That lie is dead. I have uh, 28 years clean. I last time I used the substance for effect was uh, February 28, 1989. So, you know, like you say, you, you can you can step away from that uncomfortable environment or that you know being comfortable in that uncomfortability and and start a new way to live. But how do you lead somebody in a direction? Uh, you know, just a little bit about me so you'll know. I'm the addict's mom. I've got uh, two children who are addicts. And, you know, living that has made me interested in trying to get, get the word out that, you know, families need help too. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I think being the co-addict, if you will, that position is even harder than being the addict. <laughs> Because you have no control, especially when it's yeah, your children. It's very hard exactly. to off that relationship. It's, yeah, both, both have special dynamics, and we like to look at both of those here and look at it as a whole family system. So they're able to respect one another's positions, if you will. I have people here who are alcoholic or, or drug addicts. I have them go to the Al-Anon or the Naranon meetings so they can begin to get a glimpse of what it's like to be in the co-addict's position. Mm-hmm, and then yeah. vice versa. You know, and when I when I first got clean in nineteen, well, I, when I was venturing into the possibility of getting clean in nineteen eighty six ish, I was a I was a heroin addict, and when I went, where the only thing that was around was um, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, and I went in and clarified and classified myself as an addict, and they told me I didn't belong there. Um, you know, and I said, I'm going to prove to you I don't, and I went out and proved that I was the best addict that I could be. Um, but today, you know, today the world is the world is a completely different place, and I feel comfortable wherever I am. I can morph to, um, as long as I know that I'm there for my own personal head check, I can say I'm an addict, I can say I'm an alcoholic, I can say uh, I'm, you know, a Naranon, an, a Naran, Al-Anon, or whatever, because, because I'm fit. comfortable. Yeah. yeah, and all of those fit. I'm a, a Al-Anon and Naranon member for years, so I do believe the benefits of those fellowships mm-hmm. cannot be overstated. They are, they're oh, wonderful. Absolutely. That is a part of our program as well. So now, absolutely. do you differ? Do you differentiate, Doc, um, between, uh, for lack of a better word, diseases like with like um, sexual abuse, alcoholism, drug addiction, or do you put everybody in the same jar and and work it that way? I mean, I know that I know that everybody has different, for lack of a better word, isms when we are trying to overcome uh you know the first couple of days clean uh do you do you pocket people or do you throw everybody in a bunch and have them work together we have both we have a wonderful holistic approach is kind of our secret sauce here we do not use a cookie cutter model we do not call ourselves a 12-step program but we certainly offer that for those who want it absolutely Mm -hmm. 
frankly, some people doesn't work for them. So we have plenty of other things. We have tons of groups. We also have uh, two to three individual psychotherapy sessions a week. We offer family and couples work. Lots of groups, like a trauma group is a specialty. We have a men's group, a women's group, relapse prevention, healthy relationships, including family dynamics, which is very helpful, uh, a grief and loss group. Uh, I do a dream analysis group because your mind's working at night. At night wow. Just right. day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's cool. and then so it's like buffet also- style. Exactly. And then uh, we encourage everyone to try everything from the smorgasbord and see what really works for them. But we also offer a whole host of um, other holistic modalities like uh, massage therapy, acupuncture, hypnotherapy, which I do as well. I'm the clinical hypnotist here. We have art therapy. We have spiritual counseling, uh, cranial sacral therapy. Uh, We offer smart recovery. Uh, EMDR, brain spotting, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some other things. <laughs> We're yeah. constantly working. Yeah, yeah, yo. Where can I sign up? I think I need to go. You know, so um, we, I, I'd like to. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to talk to about, uh, talk about the uh, hypnotherapy probably in the next segment, so we have a full eighteen minutes to speak of that because that's very intriguing in the in the uh, the uh, EMDR as well, you know. But um, that seems like you have a fully round. How long has this program been uh, in existence? I want to say. Me. I've been here four years, and it was already in existence. I want to say eight or nine years. It was actually okay. owned by someone else previously, uh, but the new owner took it over, oh, gosh, maybe 2010. And where is maybe it located? We are in Malibu. We're way nice. up there near Zuma Beach. Nice. It's a gorgeous. We have an ocean view. It's stunning, stunning countryside here with these rock out. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And Beaches, it's just it's pretty resplendent. I, I'm sure, and, and yeah, that's another modality. Walks on the beach, very healing. You know, it's funny. Um, I said last week somebody was sharing something about uh, when I when I came down here up in, in Boston, in the Boston area where I come from. Um, when you went to a detox or a rehab, 30-day rehab, you were pretty much locked down because you were like in a hospital, you were on a, on a ward in a hospital, or you were locked down within the facility. And when I came down here, I went into a meeting and somebody that was in a rehab, one of the vans came in and they were like, oh yeah, we went to the beach today. I said, beach? There's no beach in recovery. You know? <laughs> I'm like a running off. I'm yeah, I, was, I would have been, I would have been not through, a bad thing. Right. Right. Well, we're not draconian. The gates are open. Well, they're they're closed, but people can walk out. They can leave any time. Um, right. We just don't believe in that sort of um, really rigid. We work with people who want to be here, and we will work just as hard as the clients do. Uh, but they need to show up and and show us that they're really serious about turning their lives around. Because you know, you have to do the work yourself, as you both well know. So let me ask you a question. Do you turn people away? And I, I don't mean that in any other way. You just said, you know, you have to prove to us that you want it. Um, do you do you do like a uh, like a, a check at the beginning to see if somebody is ready or not? Because you don't want to take up a spot that somebody may just be playing little grab ass to get into. Got it. We have incredible admissions counselors who do all of that screening before 
someone commits and comes in before they take the trouble to fly in. So we trust. Of course, there's some that we do have to turn away that mm-hmm. we're not the appropriate fit for them. They may have severe mental disorders um, or something else going on we're just not equipped to deal with. Right. Uh, for example, someone schizophrenic. We, we just really can't help that here. Uh, and, and a few other disorders, too. But usually when they come here... And we have a whole list of protocol of rules and boundaries. I mean, I said, we don't lock anyone down. We don't. They are free to go if they're not ready. We can't force anyone to change. Right. Um, We have rules and boundaries. And if they don't follow them and we talk about it and set the boundaries and remind them what they agree to, if they're still not ready to follow, follow those, then, of course, we unfortunately have to discharge them or send them to another more appropriate referral facility. Yeah, and I guess that, I, you know, something, I guess that goes with any standard um, reputable facility. There are facilities out there that'll just take take a body for a bed, but, you know, um, right. I, you know, the majority of the reputable facilities have some type of a process, you know, because, you know, it, it's a serious business. I mean, granted, it's a business, but you do want to help people and, and you want to make that bed available for a person that um, really has the want and the need. I just want to let everybody know that phone lines are open. Dial yeah. 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Colin, if you have any questions for Dr. Irwin, if you want to share your experience, strength, and hope, let your voice be heard. Okay, now, if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. That's ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. We will send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show for a full hour so we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. We will be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Sometimes it just seems that nobody understands. There's one individual who can help. If you're living with somebody who faces challenges such as autism, Asperger's, or other exceptional needs, you'll want to tune into Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the Challenge. Together, we'll uncover a variety of solutions to the challenges faced by individuals, their families, and teachers. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back. We have Dr. Nancy Irwin on the line with us, and I just I just got an email from the station. Ellen, where do you think people listen to us live? What countries do you think they listen to us? Uh, well, I know they were listening to us in Sweden. Oh, no, not last no, week. not last week. Not last week. Uh, I'll do give we have it to some you. from Zimbabwe? United States, Canada, Japan, United Kingdom, of course, Taiwan, China, Germany, and Bangladesh. 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 Wow. Hello, Bangladesh. Sound like I sound like Robin Williams in Hello, Vietnam. <laughs> or Good morning, Vietnam. Okay, so let's get back to seriousness. Ellen had a question for you, Doctor. Yeah, I was uh-huh. just um, I was just looking during the break at my newsfeed, and I saw that we have um, a probable terrorist event over in England, and 19 people were killed at an Ariana Grande concert, and that sounds like something very traumatic. Oh, and I know you wonderful. specialize in trauma, and I'm just wondering how does that tie into addiction? Uh, well, first of all, let me just address that and just, oh, my God, that's just such a horrific thing. I feel so bad for the young artist on stage. Can you imagine to see that when you're performing? No. No. Oh, God. My God. And the families and loved ones of those nine, and anyone there who saw it and witnessed it and the 19 that unfortunately were killed, I, I just hope anyone who was there or heard about it or was affected by it, uh, we'll get early intervention. That's the best way to mitigate the traumatic effects. It just It's horrible and will be for quite some time. But the sooner there's intervention psychologically, just like medically, the more we can help those people. So I would encourage people to, you know, visit their spiritual leader if they can't afford therapy or see a therapist or seek out someone in your area, even a group support for something like this. Many social workers will um, have groups to support in the case of a crisis like this. Or you can also go on the website for the National Center for Crisis Management, and there's a whole list all over the country of experts 
and traumatic stress. And you can so find now is, yeah. is that the reason why, like when a child dies at school in an accident or, you know, in the neighborhood, they immediately get the children in front of like a grief counselor, grief counselor or stress therapy yeah. so that they can deal with it and, and purge it instead of walking around with it for? Of course, the sooner the better. You know, you fall down and break your arm, you're going to want to go to the doctor immediately rather than waiting. Anything's going to heal more quickly. So, yes, sometimes that's through the Red Cross uh, Mm -hmm. and plenty of other factions in the area specific to getting the proper attention or it's through the hospital. There are are psychologists on staff at at, um, emergency wards and hospital and things like that. But I definitely would encourage family members or anyone who witnessed that because witnessing a trauma. Being, you know, a patron of that show and and the young artist Ariana herself, Mm -hmm. that's traumatizing to just witness it. It can be just as debilitating as actually suffering an injury there uh, yourself. And this happens, you know, kids growing up in abusive households, just watching daddy and mommy can just as traumatizing and cause you to want to numb out through drugs and alcohol later as being a victim of it yourself. Well, yeah, I think, and and um, we were talking during the break about my daughter, and I'll, I'll share a little bit about her story. When she was 14, she got caught in a boat propeller and just about lost both of her legs. And the physical, the physical injuries were so terrible, and the recovery was so long and, you know, so involved. You know, and I was still trying to keep my job and work and, and deal with the therapy. And, I mean, for a long time, she couldn't even sit up. Um, uh, nobody ever, ever, including me, thought about, you know, maybe this poor kid needs some kind of therapy for what she's been through because, you know, she started feeling very different from her friends. You know, she's in a wheelchair eventually. I mean, that was that was a good thing. But she was embarrassed to go to school when she could go back because, you know, she's in a wheelchair, then crutches, then a cane, all of that stuff. And I, you know, it never occurred to me because I was so caught up in the physical part of it to think right. about what it was doing to her mentally. Sure. And a kid at that age when sitting in and being like everybody else is crucial. It can be really excruciating psychologically for them to feel like they're handicapped. So that in and of itself, in addition to everything else and recovering from having to feeling like you're out of control because that's the message you get when any sort of trauma strikes, whether it's terrorism, ah. a natural disaster, an act of God, an accident, or anything like that—a physical, you know, disease, illness, things like this. All, all of these <laughs> qualify as trauma, and can bring right. up multiple symptoms. And you can again reduce them—the number of them, the impact of them, and the severity of them—with the earliest intervention possible. I really wish I had known that. <laughs> but now, let me ask a question. With that, uh-huh. with that being said, right? Like you know. Immediate immediate assistance is always the best way. How do you deal with somebody who comes into a facility and it has carried that baggage for all of these years that wasn't a job? I'm not talking about Ellen's Ellen's family. I'm talking about like just an individual like, say, me, who ultimately um, – I've, car- I've, I've had a lot of traumatic things happen to me. And, and how do you address and adjust that? later on absolutely well each of us is is highly trained and professional and we all work differently but the way i do it i do i have a sort of um checklist i ask 
if they grew up seeing or experiencing any domestic violence, any bullying, any psychological, verbal, or emotional abuse, were they called labels, were they put down, were they, did they suffer racial slurs, anything like that, and also, was there any sexual abuse or assault, and I just clear that. And, and, and um, that's a place to come from. Most people do remember there's some that, uh, especially with men, who don't realize they were sexually abused because they were young and they're trained to get mm-hmm. it whenever they can. And they don't realize that having sex with their biology teacher when they're in ninth grade is not good for their relationships later on. <laughs> so many times they don't even recognize that they were molested or abused until later, and we reframe that. All they know is they can't keep a marriage or a woman or they're always cheating or they're always using. So these things manifest, you know, due to a lot of different... Um, uh, from, every story is different, and so we have to break it down and look at their life and see what... Cause it because nobody chooses to be a drug addict or an alcoholic. No, no that's very true. Unlike what a lot of people think. Now, did, is that what you use some of your? Is that what you use some of your hypnotherapy on? So explain that actually. Yeah. No, look. There's a positive intent behind every bit of human behavior. No one chooses ever to be wrong or stupid or even evil. And we won't talk about terrorism now. But underneath it all, even the most distorted thinking that drives that kind of behavior is they're trying to uh, be accepted, they're trying to look powerful or in control or something like that. Charles to Manson. Yeah. Yeah. Fit in. Uh, Ted Bundy. Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Yeah. People, well, they thought they were going to get, what, 80 virgins when they died or something? Yeah, yeah so 72. <laughs> we're not giving them the other six, so eight. Right. Yeah. So what we do in the clinic, or what I try to do, is I try to find, listen to the underlying need and find a healthy way to attend to that need without harming yourself or others. So the drinking and the drug addiction is usually a symptom of something else underlying that has not been attended to. And, and how do you figure out what that is? Well, again, many times they know and they've never looked at it. And people will melt and they'll say, no, I had a great childhood in exploring and, and digging deeper. You find out that, uh, no, mommy was always cheating on daddy or mm-hmm. there was uh, some abuse in the house or there was um, um, some other unnatural disaster or there were multiple divorces or there was a mental illness in the family and they didn't get any attention because the other person did or there was a lot of chaos or there was a rape or there was physical abuse, there was bullying. Every situation is different, but easily 90% of our clients have trauma in the background. And so that, so I was just going to ask you, you don't believe that, um, that everyone comes from some type of a traumatic upbringing that, that uses or has some form of mental illness later on. I mean, there are, the, there are the, the few people who choose to use, get caught up in the spin, and wake up 17 years later saying, how did I get here? Exactly. And it could just be a difficult transition. Mm-hmm. Going to college and not having any friends, that, that happens a lot. Or we right. certainly have right. one of the stories in our book, it's uh, the empty nest syndrome. Maybe they're widowed, their kids are gone, and all of a sudden all their roles are gone, and they're like, who am I? So they start drinking to fill the empty hours and the hole in their heart, if you will, 
and mm-hmm. we map out a plan of how they can get their own new self-identity created just based on them and not the other people that they have been attending to their whole life. So share with me a little bit, or with Ellen and I, a little bit about the uh, hypnotherapy. I mean, you you was you know you started to, but then you then we kind of pulled you in a different direction. Now, do you like this? Isn't like the uh, the great Houdini type stuff where you can make people cluck like a chicken? <laughs> no, I'm not trained in stage hypnosis. Um, right. I only know therapeutic, but I can say those guys. It is real hypnosis, but they pick people from the audience who want to be big hands and do those silly things. Mm-hmm. And they're who feed into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do. No, this is true. Unless, unless you have a gun in your hand. And I'm not usually packing when I'm here in the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> so when it's their goal, if they really want to stop drinking, if they really want to stop using and reinvent and recreate their life and their health, I can certainly help them. And you can tell in a heartbeat if somebody's here because their wife or their boss or someone is making them. And I say, save your time and money. It's not going to work unless you want that goal. I can facilitate it. But what hypnosis does in a nutshell is it's a very gentle way of going into the subconscious and rewiring. It's unplugging people from their negative limiting beliefs and plugging them into empowering beliefs of their choosing. Because our beliefs are what drive our behavior. All human behavior comes from the unconscious and is driven by our beliefs. So if someone really believes it's impossible to get off heroin, guess what they're going to keep proving? Yeah. It's impossible yeah. to get off heroin. So yeah, we unplug them from that and say, well, it may not be a day at the beach. It may be, it may be a challenge, but millions of people have gotten off of it and stayed. Mm-hmm. How about you being the, minor, the, the uh, percentage of those who are successful? Here's what you need to do. So let's plug you into the belief that you can do this. And you have right. all and, the help and support you need. And, and for me, all the times that I tried, um, believing that I would fail, never did I have a positive outcome. I always found myself right back on the same corner with the same people clean for 15 minutes and then then I was off running again until I got to a point where I was just sick and tired of doing the same thing. Could I get out of my own way and allow that positive flow of energy to come in, you know? So I, I think you're 100% right because, you know, we, we are what we what our beliefs are and jokingly when you were saying that I said I said I believe I'll have another beer right because that's that's the mentality of an addict and an alcoholic well we are what we we are what we we're a product of who we are I believe I'll get high again and of course ultimately I proved myself right I remember when I at the beginning of the show when we were when I said that we I went to AA and they told me I didn't belong because I was an addict I went out and I proved that I was the best addict because that's what my belief was at the time um, but today, I don't believe that. Once an addict, always an addict. That lie is dead um, because I'm living proof of that. Right. And here's two things. Most people start, not well, I don't know what the percentage is, but a great many people start abusing alcohol or drugs when they're young. So there's a lot of peer pressure, and they're actually being getting the suggestion from others around them, yeah, this is fun, this is glamorous, it's sexy, we can handle it. 
that's a powerful influence on the developing brain. And mm. until you get unplugged from that and start going, okay, maybe I could try it a few times, but I can't keep getting away with this on a daily basis. So we plug them into new suggestions of their own, which is I can be much more functional and happy when I'm clean. And then you also brought up another point about relapse. It tends to have a, a very nasty connotation. Well, relapse just means there's something missing from your mm-hmm. your uh, treatment plan. So failure, quote-unquote failure, is built in. It's a dynamic process of overcoming anything difficult, whether mm-hmm. it's learning to ride a bike or to walk or build a business or recover from an addiction. Most of us do fail before we're successful. So we look at relapse as a stepping stone towards success. It's a dress rehearsal, and then you can go back and tweak what was missing, what is working, what's not working, so you have a better recipe for your success. Oh, I think that's a great way to put it. I've never actually heard that because relapse is always thought of as, oh, my gosh, you know, now we're back in it again. Well, let me share um, my view of that. Um, relapse isn't a part of any any part whatsoever of recovery. It's a lack of it. When I when I was out there and it, I wasn't relapsing, I had minimal minimal clean days. I had minimal abstinence days. I had thirty, sixty, ninety, and I would choose to use again. And I would say, oh yeah, relapse is part of recovery. And here I am getting my white chip again and um i did not have any type of understanding of where i wanted to go and what i wanted to do so for me it was a lack of having any recovery whatsoever in my in my system so i mean granted yes i agree with what you were saying but my mind at the time when i look back at where i was it was having a lack of a base but so many people make it catastrophic and I think it makes it easier for you to just keep using rather than saying oh yeah no it's it's a part of the disease yeah and Mm -hmm. you know let's get back on the horse and see what we can do but that that doesn't usually happen right many times it opens the door for a lot of shame and guilt and that holds people back and creates more stress which drives the addictive cycle anyway Right. So right. I like to have people learn from it. But you're but you're right, Ray. You do want to you want to unplug from the belief, well, it's part of it, it's gonna happen again. That in and of itself is a negative limiting belief because then you're expecting to fail again. So you Abs- want to look absolutely. at it a, Yeah, you wanna look at it from a positive standpoint going you know, I could end up dead or crazy or <laughs> something. I'm going to ruin relationships. What can I really do to stay clean this time? So you're learning from the relapse rather than taking it in stride and thinking, oh, it's going to happen again. I can deal with it. Sure. Hey, everybody. Phone lines are open. Call in to share your experience, strength, and hope. 866-472-5792. That's 866 866- Four seven two five seven nine two. Let your voice be heard. Make a difference. Everything you've ever dreamed of is on the other side of the fear you feel. Call in. We can help. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, we're talking with Dr. Nancy Irwin. She is an addiction specialist and primary therapist at Seasons Recovery Center. Dr. Irwin, will you please let people know how they can get in touch with your facility? And um, maybe you can also share a little bit of your social media outlets and just in case somebody wants to get in touch with you. Absolutely. Happy to do so. They can click on seasonsmalibu.com. Just like it sounds, like four seasons, just seasonsmalibu.com. And the number to speak to someone on staff at our missions who can answer any questions you have is 866-395-3245. And uh, personally, my social media, I'm all over. Just Google Dr. Nancy Irwin. That's with an I. And I'm all over uh, on Twitter. It's just Dr. Nancy Irwin. Same thing on LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter. And on Facebook, my professional page is actually Dr. U-Turn. That's D-R-Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. Dr. U-Turn. 
(laughs) So you also have a new book out. It's Breaking Through, Stories of Hope and Recovery. Would you like to share a little bit about that for the audience, where they can find it, what it's about, why you chose to wrote it, wrote it, why you chose to write it? And um, (laughs) Okay, can't take that back. Absolutely. I co-wrote this with our clinical director, Dr. Mark Stahlhuth, and we wanted, they can get it on Amazon.com, and it's a, a fairly quick read. We wanted to put out some typical profiles of clients we have here, and let me hasten to say, no confidentiality is broken. Mm-hmm. The stories are camouflaged, if you will, of typical profiles. So they cross all socioeconomic barriers, genders, races, creeds, everything, uh, professions. And it's nine stories to which everyone can relate to one or more of these stories. We have what I shared earlier, the, the classic empty nest person who alcohol was always moderated. And then these things happen later in life. They're widowed. Uh, they're retired. The kids are gone. And ah, they start drinking and it moves into the di- to the disease mm. category. Uh, but we also have um, uh, a powerful CEO story, someone whose life just ran out of control. We have a medical doctor. We have a, a retired teacher. We have a professional rap artist. Uh, we have a cop who had a lot of trauma that he witnessed on the job, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we have a professional poker player. So it runs the gamut of, uh, quote, unquote, um, everyday people all the way up to, you know, the super achievers. Because, as you know, addiction spare, no one crosses all those boundaries. So Absolutely. we just wanted to uh, yeah, so people can relate to it and talk about all the different modalities that we use to educate the public. Uh, I noticed that you're um, a certified practitioner of EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Can you talk a little about that? I see that a lot, particularly in treatment of um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I don't know much about it, but it sounds interesting. It is. It's a powerful trauma modality that most of us here, the psychologists, are trained in where you sort of clean up, if you will, the past trauma, so you will remember the trauma, the earthquake you were victimized by 20 years ago, but there's no charge in your body. There's no sting. You can talk about it, but you're free from it, or the assault, or the bullying. So you you face it, and you reprocess. You get desensitized to those triggers or those uh, symptoms, whatever they are, whether they're flashbacks or... Um, um, being triggered to drink or it's uh, nightmares or, or physical pain. So we desensitize people to those memories and then reprocess it. So you get the lesson learned from the trauma, if you will. Some people may find that hard to believe. But there's always a lesson to be learned. So you, if nothing else, you've proved you're a survivor and you're resilient as hell. So Does it really say, have something to do with eye movement? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. what is the typical what is the typical session consist yeah, of? Yeah, I'm curious. Okay. Trauma gets stored in the brain as sort of a block of ice, and by a series of bilateral movements where we're trained and the the clients 
eyes are actually following in a wide pattern movement bilateral stimulation. They feel like they're looking at a ping pong match. You do it very rapidly and, and bringing up the memories and I'm simplifying it, but it's a lot, you know, a little bit more <laughs> complex than this. Through that, it scrambles the encoding of the brain. So you sort of melt away the traumatic reactions where, again, you remember the trauma, but you don't store the physical pain or those uh, disastrous memories in your body. So you let go the startle effect, the uh, insomnia, the the, uh, anxiety or the chronic pain held in a particular area of your body. Pretty amazing. Duh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're we're both like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Now, is that... that, It's pretty amazing how people can let go of a lot of stuff they've been holding on to. How long does it take before you see results? Many times it's absolutely immediately in one session. Really? Wow. Yeah. And it... It sounds like it's something that's kind of catching on because, I, like I say, I read a lot. I do a lot of addiction research just because I don't understand it. And uh, I see this mentioned quite a bit. And, uh, you yeah. know, a lot of us moms have trauma now, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm terribly traumatized by sirens, phones ringing, doorbell ringing because, you know, cops have come right. in and hauled my kids out. And um, I'm thinking something like that might be helpful for somebody like me, too certainly can be. It's very traumatizing to get a phone call in the middle of the night from jail or the hospital. Or from the hospital, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's hard to talk about over the phone. You kind of have to see it. But um, it's been around since the 80s, and the woman who developed it can't fully explain it. But we do know that after all these years, 30-plus years, it has grown incredibly. It is an evidence-based treatment. It's very real. Does it work for everyone? No. Nothing works for everyone, but it works for most Now, is that, is that because you think people, some people are that closed off, or is it just because they don't have that type of response? They don't have that type of response, or their symptoms are more insidious. They're hidden. Maybe they're not so physical, maybe they hold on to it intellectually more. People express their traumatic symptoms in a variety of different ways. So again, AA doesn't work for everybody. Nothing works for everyone. Certain medicines don't work for everyone, but it works for enough people that it's certainly very popular and it's highly, highly effective. I mean, you know something, and the the cool thing is, is in the first segment we were talking and you said it's like a smorgasbord of... um, Different right. types of so I, so I think that that's great that there's that asset there. I mean because I know that you know and I've shared on shows before that I suffer some type of PTSD with you know I was a firefighter for many years. Wow. I was a an, an active heroin addict for many years, and I was also in the Marine Corps. So you know I wow. I have like a three three sorted or three sided um, PTSD availability. And, you know, I've never really ventured into um, opening those doors. I think, you know, I'm getting to a point where I'm recognizing some things, so I might have to, you know, venture down that road pretty soon. Um, But, you know, I'm glad that I have this this outlet to be able to talk about it and to hear, like, we had a gentleman on um, that was sharing about Noise, wasn't it noise? Yeah, he has a, what did he call it, a node? Node, yeah. 
that you know they they did something with noise to interrupt the the brain frequencies around PTSD, particularly yeah. with um, the combat the veterans. veterans yeah, combat veterans. So, so I mean, it's good it's good to have the you know the availability of hearing all of this knowledge. So ultimately, when I jump out of my skin and say now is the time, I'll I'll yeah. have some good orderly direction to go in. Yeah, it's a very gentle approach, and it can be very fast. Some people, they need five or six hours of it, but who cares? If you're getting rid of after five hours, if you're getting rid of 30 years of, of pain, that's a good deal. Is it five hours at a time, or is it like five, five different oh, no, one-hour sessions? It, it may take five-hour-long sessions spread okay. out, you know, once a week, for example. But that's rapid recovery in my book. Really? Hmm. I'm very interested. Five in this. hours, five hours like to get into a major trauma that occurred 30 years ago. That's pretty oh, by all means. Yeah, no, yeah, by all means. I mean, you know, I mean, like, I've been carrying damage with me since 19. Who knows when? You know, and and to to be able to purge that in five hours when yeah, I'm recognizing it. I can only imagine now. all the stuff that you saw in, in your various. Careers, yeah. you know, as a Marine, as a firefighter, it must have been yeah, a lot of horrible stuff. I don't know if the active addict was a career. Well, I guess it was. I, that, <laughs> I, I guess it was at that point. <laughs> yeah, when I grew up, I want to be a loser. A career, your your yeah. addiction career for sure. Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, it was it was part of my, you know, package. Sure. It's used in the military quite often. Absolutely. Because those guys come back from active duty and they have, they're severely traumatized. Oh, yeah. We are, through the Veterans Administration, a lot of the psychologists there use it. And it can give, uh, like I said, I don't want it to sound like it's, you know, that rapid healing. But it, it can move very, very quickly. And again, early intervention is best. So as soon as they come back, the sooner it's attended to, the greater chance. Well, it's less pain to suffer. Good to know. Oh, Good exactly. to know. Yeah. So we have about two minutes left, Doc. This 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 hour went like whipping it by. Sure they, they always do. We never get. We never have enough time to be able to find out exactly what's going on out in the world of uh, addiction. So if you would share again about how someone can get in touch with you at, at uh, Seasons Recovery Center, we want to make sure that if somebody out there is listening and they need a little bit of guidance, we know where we can point them. Absolutely. They could just click on seasonsmalibu.com or they can click on my personal website, which is drnancyirwin.com. That's D-R-N-A-N-C-Y-I-R-W-I-N.com. Or they can call one of our admissions counselors, 866-395-3245. That's 866-395-3245. And if that was too much information for you to write down, I'm going to give you something very simply. Call me at 855-STOP-USING. 855-STOP-USING. That goes directly to my cell phone. If you are looking for information on how you get in touch with Dr. Irwin for her books, for her EMDR, her hypnotherapy, everything and anything that we've spoken about in this hour, Call 866-472-5792. No, that's this show. I'm just programmed to say that. (laughs) Dial 855-STOP-USING, and I will direct you towards Dr. Irwin. It's been fantastic having you on the show, Doc. And I just want to real quick go over your books, which is uh, U-Turn, 
Y-O-U, Turn, Changing Direction in Midlife, a collection of over 40 stories of people over 40 who made amazing transformations in midlife. And also your newest book, you co-wrote with Dr. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you work with them every day. And it's Breaking Through, Stories of Hope and Recovery. And they both can be bought on Amazon.com, correct? You got it. Awesome. Well, it was fantastic having you, Doc. And and hopefully we can have you come on again in the future because I know that there's just so much more to talk about. Dr. Nancy, it has been a pleasure. And if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. We will send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show for the full hour so we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. So I'd just like to say thank you again, and thank you to the people who are listening live in Wherever Bangladesh. you are. <laughs> in Bangladesh. Good night, Bangladesh. And remember, with Miracles in Recovery, hope is in, in your, your corner. corner. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.